It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Big Tilt, a Roto Underworld Player Profiler DFS podcast. It is week 16. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate out there, you have joined us here in the DFS community. And I must tell you that even though COVID is hitting every team and there seems to be so many obstacles to overcome, you have tuned into the right place because who better? To guide you through this, then my partner, I'm Mike Randall. Follow me on Twitter at Randall Rand. And I am here with a man who can guide you to the money. Where others shy away, we excel. We love the obstacles. It motivates us more. Josh Larkey, Director of Analytics here, Player Profiler. Follow him on Twitter at JLarkeyTweets. Dr. Larkey, speak to me, please. Mike, it's good to be here. And I'm with you. I think it's actually kind of a nice opportunity where a lot of people get nervous when all the news hits and you're like, I, it's hard to stay up on it. If you're willing to put in the time and the effort, I actually think these are often the most profitable weeks. And I have to say, I'm a little bummed out. I was basically break even last week in DFS. I had a nice, very nice showdown win actually last night. Took down a couple tourneys. But last week, I was sure I was going to be profitable because I was like, there's only a couple games to target. I unfortunately... Decided I was exclusively double stacking the mobile quarterback, Tyler Huntley. And it came back to bite me because I had a ton of Huntley with Andrews and Marquise Brown or Andrews and Bateman. Bateman did nothing. Marquise Brown. I mean, when you're giving me 14 targets, and you don't Awful. do anything other than 40 oh yards. God. It's really hard to take down tournaments when you know which game to target. But I guess stubbornly, I decided Huntley is a double stacker. Clearly, I should have had some. I, I mean, I knew Andrews was his favorite guy. I should have just had some Huntley Andrews. You live and you learn. On to the next week. On to the next week, no doubt. And don't forget, folks, still, underdog fantasy, the best place for fantasy football. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD and get up to a $100 bonus. Promo code UNDERWORLD, underdog fantasy. Huge fan, huge support of the show. We love underdog here. They are our favorite Josh, before we get into the chalk, which people are going to love because chalk has been affected now by COVID and everything, of course, give the people an update here, the great things we have going on a player profiler. So with underdog, enter the gauntlet, enter the mitten. (laughs) These are NFL playoff best ball tournaments. The gauntlet is $25 entry, the mitten, $5 entry. And then I even heard they're ramping up the big mitten, apparently, and the big mitten is $250 entry. So you essentially get every price point, super fast, 10-minute drafts. It's six people in the draft, 10 rounds. You're going to love it. I've been pumping out about five of those a day. Basically, there is nothing more perfect. If you're going to toilet draft, I mean, <laughs> the, the the five to 10-minute drafts, It's you can't beat them. There's a lot of prize money. Check it out. It's really fun. And 
you can kind of place bets on who you think is going to make the playoffs, who you think is going to go far. Right now, one of my favorite things to do is to sneak in either the Ravens or the Bengals right at the end of my draft. Both teams going very late. Both teams look like they have similar chances at the playoffs. Uh, The types of teams where you could see them advancing a couple rounds in the playoffs. So stack up an elite offense uh, with some, some really strong team early on, like the Buccaneers, the Packers, Rams, uh, you could do the Chargers. There's a few teams that go a little earlier, stack them up, uh, the Chiefs, and then pivot. And I like the Ravens. I like the Bengals. I even think the Vikings are interesting. You can get Jefferson, Dalvin Cook at the very end of your draft. So I think that's how I would do it. Try and get exposure to three to four teams, maybe five teams in your 10 rounds. Keep it simple. And then with our DFS Dominator, we kept it simple. Our final changes of the year. I mean, if you've been using the optimizer, you know this thing is cooking. Cooking. The the new update is you might have noticed if you shut down your computer and restart it or whatever, something like that, your favorites have disappeared no longer. If you favorite different lineups, they will stay with you until the very end. We'll clear them on Monday. So you'll have them with you the whole weekend. You can do research Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, and kind of iteratively build your process. Oh, and I almost forgot. We have one more feature. And I mean, this one, this one's a big one. I mean, this is just, my mind has been wrecked with the COVID. So many injuries. I've updated projections at least 10 times a day. This almost slipped my mind, but we have added exposures to your favorites. And this is huge. So let's say that you've been favoriting lineups. They've been stored overnight over two nights with our new uh, save feature. And you go, you know, how much Amon Ross St. Brown do I have this week? Or how much Cooper Cup do I have? You can open up your favorites and the player exposures will be there. So you can see exactly what percent of your 50 saved lineups or 100 saved lineups or 150 saved lineups contains every single different player. A total game changer. And let's get into chalk, folks. Now, again, we're not saying avoid these plays. We're just saying, please remember that they are going to be highly, they are projected for high ownership across the board. DraftKings at quarterback, I'll start. Jalen Hurts against the Giants. Of course, Justin Herbert, if you listen to this pod, you know every week is Justin Herbert week. They are now going to Houston. Matt Stafford at Minnesota seems like a blow up spot. And Tyler Huntley, of course, looks like he is in. Lamar has not been definitely ruled out, but it's very, very close. And he was fantastic against Green Bay on FanDuel. Herbert, Hertz, and Stafford projecting to be the chalk ownership. Dr. Larkey, running back, wide receiver, please. So running back, I mean, my goodness. This is 2021. Ronald Jones is the chalk of the week, and I'm excited (laughs) to play Ronald Jones. What is going on? He's mispriced. (laughs) On the platforms. The pod father must be turning over right now hearing this. Oh my God. Alexander Madison, chalk on both platforms. Dalvin Cook, COVID, unvaccinated. So he might even miss next week as well. It's wild. Uh, Eckler, COVID. So Justin Jackson, super cheap. He's chalk on both platforms. David Montgomery, really chalky on both platforms. And then James Robinson, pretty heavy chalk on DraftKings. So that is just the running back position. Wide receiver, DraftKings, Cooper Cup. I mean, you can't fade Cooper Cup at this point. Antonio Brown, who's grossly mispriced. We'll get to him shortly. 
Hollywood Brown, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams versus Houston, Justin Jefferson, and then Brandon Cooks out with COVID. Nico Collins, now he's chalk. On FanDuel, Jamar Chase, pretty solid price for him there. He's become chalk. Deontay Johnson's become chalk. Everyone else, basically the same. Tight end, Dallas Goddard, of of course, all he's done the last two weeks, snap share on player profiler, over 90% both weeks, overall tight end two, overall tight end five. Other chalk here on DraftKings at tight end, Gronk, death taxes and Gronk, Cole Komet now becoming chalk, and of course, Mark Andrews after the explosion spot last week. FanDuel, Gronk, Goddard again, and just Andrews, so just those three. For defenses on DraftKings, the Falcons at home against the Lions. No Jared Goff now. The Bears going to Seattle. That's going to be interesting. Chargers at Houston on FanDuel. The Chargers as well. People like the Chargers. COVID there, but of course they're buying against the Texans. Falcons and the Buccaneers here. Buccaneers on the road. Double-digit favorites at Carolina. Josh, let's hit it. Here we go. Some of the games that you like. First one, I think you've mentioned it a couple times so far. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Bengals romped the Ravens in their first matchup. This looks like it's going to be Huntley. Right now, you have Cincinnati favored by three and a half. It's gone up a little bit. It was two and a half earlier when people were wondering if Lamar was coming back. The over-under is a solid 45. So this is a game where I said it on Monday on first mover. This just feels like it's going to hit the over. We've got two teams, playoff implications. Neither team has a strong secondary. I mean, especially... Baltimore, who I think lost seven, eight, nine different guys. And then last week lost a quote unquote, another starter due to COVID again there. Which has made John Harbaugh go for two, almost in every close situation, which we like as analytics people, but I think that's played into it. Yeah. I think they kind of know they can't stop anyone. Really hard for me to see this one, not hitting the over Huntley playing surprisingly well. He's got good weaponry. So I think the the way to do this, if you're going Huntley, I still don't think I'm going to give up on the double stacks. Going to do some rotating double stacks, primarily with Andrews and then uh, Bateman or Brown. But I'll have some, I'll probably have some Huntley Andrews and some Huntley Brown stacks as well on the, the Burrow side. I think Chase Higgins still the the move there. I know Boyd had a good game last week, but if you just look at the type of player Boyd is, very volume driven, low A dot. If Boyd is having the good game like he does last week, what do you know? Burrow's generally not tearing it up. And if you want Burrow to tear it up and hit 25 plus fantasy points to take down a tournament, it's probably Chase and or Higgins getting it done. Not a great spot for Mixon. I don't think he's unplayable because there's just no running backs out there right now. But there are some good mid-priced running backs available. And the Ravens' run defense is very strong, especially compared to their weak secondary. Another note, Devontae Freeman, no longer the bell cow. He and Latavius Murray almost split work down the middle. And then with Marquise Brown, I originally had some notes like, be careful, don't fade him. He tied his career high with 14 targets. Turns out the price dropped and he's chalk. So it looks like basically everyone realized that Marquise Brown is primed for a big game soon enough. So definitely the... One of the two games on the slate that feels like a really competitive back and forth matchup. I want exposure to these pass attacks. Gotta pick your brain here because I'm selfish. What would you do with CJ Ozoma? Yes, I have been Scott Fishbowl. Yes, it's tight end premium. This is totally selfish, Dr. Larky. What are your thoughts on Ozoma? So this is an interesting one. I actually 
just sent some uh just sent an email off to our newsletter team because we have the the free email newsletter each week for player profiler and i said that uh uzoma is uzma i don't even know how to say his name well i'll learn <laughs> cj i actually put him as one of the better tight end plays of the week he's facing a ravens defense that has struggled against tight ends he's had multiple six target games recently and he's uh He's not the worst athlete out there. So I think if you need a spot start, he's okay. And then especially tight end premium. What I love about the fishbowl is it's basically double premium. So if you get three for 30 from your tight end, it's like six for 60 from a receiver. So yeah, fire up CJ. Chicago at Seattle. Narrative street here, Josh, but I do feel like this could be one of the last explosion spots for the Seahawks. The Bears are limping in. Seattle has gotten their running game going. Tyler Lockett is off the COVID list. Seattle favored by six and a half, but now Nick Foles is starting. I would expect that to go a little higher. It just feels like Seattle at home here. The Bears defense has not been great. Their offense has not been clicking. Allen Robinson inside of a milk carton. I guess David Montgomery could pop, but I like this game a lot. I think Russ is going to cook. I know this is Charlie Brown with the football and Lucy's pulling away again, but what say you here? Seattle at home hosting the Bears. Yeah, so with Nick Foles now starting, I think Darnell Mooney's probably out of the question as the middle price receiver. I understand, I know Mooney's big games were with Andy Dalton. So maybe, just maybe, if we get rid of Fields, he's going to have a good game. I just... I think Dalton's just better than Foles. I I really don't think you want to pay up for any kind of bear outside. Maybe a little David Montgomery in case he falls into the end zone a couple times. But I think if you're playing a bear, it's mostly Cole Komet. And you just want to keep it cheap and play him on DraftKings. I know he's kind of chalky, but when the guy's been averaging eight targets a game the last month, that's really who you want. But the main focus of this game is Russ. And that you don't even have to run it back. If you do, it's Komet, Montgomery. But... I really like either Lockett or Metcalf. You can toss in a Penny or a DJ Dallas if you're feeling frisky, but I think you just skinny stack Russ with either Metcalf or Lockett. You can toss in Gerald Everett if you want to. I I really think especially Lockett, I think he's just going to feast because Lockett's one of these guys that can get open at will. He's going to be facing all backup corners, backup safeties. It's just decimated in Chicago and really, really hard for me to see Tyler Lockett not getting double-digit targets in this one. So I think he's a very strong play. Metcalf's usage was great this past game. 12 targets, 131 air yards. Just didn't happen to have the best fantasy day. But 6 for 52 is not the worst stat line. So Metcalf is going to have a big game at some point. But I think I, I, I just lean Lockett a little bit. He's the one that's been actually producing He's the one that I'm more confident is going to be able to get open on every single route. So definitely playing some Russ this week. Eagles favored by 10 at the Giants. Over under is 40 and a half. Miles Sanders up in the air, but Josh, have to bring this up. Approaching the all-time record for most rushing yards without a touchdown. I mean, can it be any more exciting than this? Miles Sanders has 709 rushing yards, 11th most in NFL history, 14 games without a rushing touchdown. The record, Joe Washington of the Colts in 1978. He is questionable, not sure if he's going to play, but of course, last week it did seem like he finally paid off. 
Saquon Barkley limited. He's all set to go. Jalen Hurts, Jordan Howard, full practice. You saw him get some big runs, which means those those holes must be big because he is certainly not fast. But the Eagles have taken, as per Grant Barfield, really contrarian approach to their offense. Over the last eight weeks, they are second in run rate when the game is close, first in run rate when they're trailing, first in run rate when they're leading, first in yards gained per drive. So basically they're saying we know Hurts is limited when he throws, so we're going to run the ball going against the Giants team that is disappointed. A lot of questions here. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, where are they going? Talk to me here about Week 16 with Eagles and Giants. I think the way to play this one's pretty straightforward. It's Hurts, Devonta Smith, or it's Hurts, Goddard. We don't really, you don't, you don't need to dig for the Ragers, the Quez Watkins. Just stick with either Goddard or Smith. I'm probably going to mostly avoid Jordan Howard just because there's a lot of other cheap running backs out there. I mean, Justin Jackson's less expensive and there's a decent chance he's going to get some goal line work, especially since we've seen Eckler become the goal line back this year. Probably going to get a lot more targets. He's facing a Texans run defense, which is really bad. It's just a much better offense. So I think with this one, I'm assuming Jalen Hurts is going to take it himself for a lot of these attempts near the goal line anyway. I think you just go Hurts Goddard, Hurts Smith. And if you want to run back, it's Saquon. You could go Tony. He's supposed to be back, but it is Jake Fromm starting. I know nothing about him other than he's not very good and he's slow, <laughs> which makes me Gosh, think, I can't wait to play him, <laughs> which, which makes me think Saquon is once again going to get a lot of targets. I mean, last week with the with the smorgasbord of QB play, he still had 15 carries and eight targets. People were hung up that Devontae Booker had more rushing yards. I don't really care. Rushing yards don't get you fantasy points. So if you're telling me that there's a mid-priced running back with 15 carries and eight targets from last week in maybe even a better situation for targets this week with Jake Fromm, who I believe runs, uh, he ran a five-something 40-yard dash, if I remember correctly. Just run it back with Saquon or don't run it back. We don't need to complicate things. Uh, But then uh, Eagles defense. Yeah, you're going to want to play some Eagles defense. 3,600 DraftKings, 5,000 FanDuel. They're expensive, but I mean, Jake Fromm with just a bag of bones out there. Uh, poor Sterling Shepard tore his Achilles last week. There is nothing going on here. If you want the other desperation giant, the only other guy I would recommend and vouch for would be Evan Engram. Prefer him on DraftKings at 3,400. Eagles by far the worst team defending the tight end. Maybe Evan Engram can do something with Jake Fromm, but, but just temper your your exposure to these giants. Certainly have gotten a lot wrong this year, but one of the things I hit was Cooper Cup. To me, it was very simple, and Mr. Cup is on fire. He is well within reach of Calvin Johnson's record for most receiving yards in a season. Cup right now through 14 games, 122 receptions. What does that even mean? 1,625 yards and 14 touchdowns. So he's going after Calvin Johnson, and I think the Rams are going to try to get it to him. I think this is one of these records that they are actually going to care about. Rams on the road at the Vikings. Rams favored by three and a half. This certainly seems to be a points bonanza. Kirk Cousins, of course, Justin Jefferson has been on fire. No Dalvin Cook. He is out, so fire up Alexander Madison here. Thielen may return. You'll give us an update there, Josh. Uh, But we're looking here at an over-under of 49, one of the highest on the Week 16 slate. Rams, Vikings, go ahead. So I actually hope Adam Thielen returns. He's been a limited practice participant this week. Uh, he, he's been quoted as saying he's ex- like kind of excited to play. 
I don't exactly know what that means, but the limited practices do indicate like when you have a really good veteran player, if they're limited all week, they usually play. Uh, There's a lot to play for, for the Vikings. They are right on the playoff bubble. And I think it's actually a great opportunity, assuming he plays to not play Adam Thielen, because I don't like playing expensive veteran wide receivers coming off of high ankle sprains on the early end of their timeline. So I think it sets up really well because I'm planning on just jamming Justin Jefferson in a ton of lineups no matter what. So I like the idea of knowing that no one's going to be playing a Conklin. Fewer people would play a Jefferson when I think that's going to be a lot more of the pass attack. Going to be playing some Cousins. You can even stack him with Madison. Madison, by the way, three games without Dalvin Cook this year, 22 or more carries in all three games, averaging over five targets a game. Oh, and by the way, he's had over 21.4 PPR points in all three of them. Madison, a total monster. You can even stack him with Cousins, like I said. So I think Cousins, the guys I'm rotating, Jefferson primarily, mix in a little Madison and Conklin, maybe a touch of Thielen, but 6,900 DraftKings, 7,200 FanDuel. That's really Thielen's price as if he is a full go and I just don't believe Thielen's healthy. You'll notice that our internal projections on player profiler reflect that. And then on the Ram side, it is simple. You have Stafford, you have Cooper Cup, and then you're either mixing in OBJ, Van Jefferson, or Tyler Higby as the, the second guy to go along with Cup. But like you, you pretty much have to have Cup at this point. I can't really envision Stafford getting there without Cooper Cup going over 100 yards. And then the run... Yeah, go for it. And you talked about this, Josh, earlier, a couple weeks ago. People get freaked out because of Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey does not shadow. So you're going to look at Adam Thielen at that price. Look at his week since week nine. Wide receiver 42, wide receiver 34, wide receiver 7, wide receiver 3, and then he got hurt in week 13, wide receiver 100, only one reception. But he is very touchdown dependent. So if you're going to play him at that price, I agree with you. I want the targets. I want the volume. I don't want to be sitting there in the red zone praying that Thielen gets a reception because that's got to save me. You don't want to be saved in week 16, right? It just seems like he's too expensive. Yeah, I totally agree. And then the last point I'll make, I mean, yeah, we're we're rolling the dice still a little bit, but I would prefer Sony Michelle. He's actually cheaper than uh, Darrell Henderson, which is a little bit strange on DraftKings. And then FanDuel, they're the same price. So they're both priced up on FanDuel, 6900 Nice. But DraftKings, Darrell Henderson, 5700 Michelle, 5500 5500 for the lead back. If you're not playing Stafford in a lineup, I would definitely recommend that you mix in some Sony Michelle. So week 15, I know Henderson returning from covid Maybe they were easing him in. However, I mean, Sony Michelle got every high value touch. Snaps, 41 Michelle, 18 Henderson, 18 carries Michelle, 6 carries Henderson, 14 routes run Michelle, 5 for Henderson, 2 targets apiece. Henderson only got 4 yards in his targets. Michelle got 23. He was making guys miss. All 3 red zone opportunities went to Michelle, not Henderson. So yes, maybe... Maybe they're easing Henderson in. I think they just trust Michelle more at this point. And they keep saying it's a hot hand thing. I mean, who's been playing better? Who's the guy that's been healthy and being productive the last few weeks? It's been Sony Michelle. So I'm definitely going to be playing some Sony Michelle. Once again, I'm pretty glad that he's not chalked because it's kind of nice to get the Rams starting running back 
who operated as a full workhorse in week 15 when he's only 5,500 on DraftKings. My goodness. I have to ask you about this because I did get a question on a Cam Akers designated to return. Maybe not this week, but do you see him possibly playing this year? Maybe the playoffs? I just have to get your thoughts. I think he's playing in the playoffs. I think maybe we see a little week 18 or something. I think at this point, they just want him practicing with the team. And I think they'll designate him to return at the pretty much the last second where they, they take him off of IR fully. Or is he already, is he because he got designated to return to practice, right? I think yeah. that means he now has the three-week window. So the, the way that I was thinking about it is he's probably getting activated, like the officially taken off IR week 18. Maybe he gets a carry or two, but I really think he's going to mix in in the playoffs. And I'm really excited. We're kind of bending history. We haven't really seen this type of recovery from a running back before. The Achilles tear therapy is improving. So I'm incredibly excited for it. The Rams even put out a hype video on Twitter with – uh, Cam Akers basically saying he's back. So I, I really think they're going to use him. I don't believe they're hyping him up and doing all this and pushing him in his recovery to return just for him to ride the bench the entire time. So I think he's going to be a real factor in the playoffs. But for the NFL regular season, I would be surprised if he has more than five touches in a game during the regular season. Patriots, Bills, the rematch here of the game where what did he, Mac Jones throw Three passes, maybe, or two? I forget. Three I think passes, it was three. two completions. There it is. Patriots minus two at home against the Bills. Found out uh, late yesterday, Cole Beasley out, as is Gabe Davis, because of COVID. Both are unvaccinated, I believe. So Bills are going to be shorthanded here, going against the Patriots. A lot of questions that we need your answers. Nelson Aguilar looks like he's out. Ramondre Stevenson did not practice on Thursday. Damian Harris was limited. Uh, it looks like Emmanuel Sanders is full practice. He will be back. Patriots by two over under 43 and a half. Yeah, this is a pretty ugly game for DFS. You can mostly avoid it. Ramondre, the thing you want to look at is he has an illness. So he hasn't practiced yet this week. Harris, very limited. However, even if Ramondre for some reason doesn't go, it's non-COVID. If he doesn't play, still not very excited about Harris when he's kind of a mid-tier priced running back going up against a very strong Bills run defense. The Bills pass defense is good as well. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, most likely out. Really just don't like this game at all. The one thing I'll note is Devin Singletary is kind of an interesting play because he had a he had a game this past week that I didn't really think was in his in his range of outcomes. I put po- I I tweeted about it because I was shocked. Singletary in week 15, 22 carries, 34 routes run. Wow. Bell cow. Yep. Matt Breida, one snap. Zach Moss, healthy scratch. Unbelievable. Devin Singletary. What are they doing to this guy? They, I I don't know. They think he's a bell cow. Prefer him on DraftKings. He's 5,100 there. He's 5,800 FanDuel. Also, Devin Singletary is just not a touchdown scorer. They have Josh Allen for that. Singletary, very small. This is a team that likes to pass near the goal line. So I think he's more of a DraftKings-only play at 5,100. But I think he's at least interesting because I think none of us really knew that Singletary could have a 22-carry, 34-routes-run game where Breida gets one snap and Moss doesn't play. So I'm going to fire up some Singletary and some lineups this week. And then we'll see if Isaiah McKenzie becomes chalk at the minimum salary. Now that we have both Beasley and Davis out, 
He's interesting. However, he's probably going to become chalk. And I just don't like playing the chalk free square running backs, especially in this game. So I think most of my lineups just will not have a single player from this game in it. Tampa Bay, Carolina. I found this over under to be bizarre. Tampa Bay still plays with great pace. I don't think that's going to change against Carolina. 42 and a half over under. Tampa Bay was favored by 11, 11 and a half for most of the week. It's now gone down. No Godwin, no Evans. Antonio Brown is back and his price is crazy. You'll get into that in a minute. Yes, it looks like Rojo. We're moving forward. Who knows what we're going to get from Cam Newton. DJ Moore still very involved here. So talk about Carolina, Tampa Bay. Very rare to have an intra-divisional game late in the season where the favorite is laying double digits on the road. Yeah, I think that just kind of speaks to A, how good this Buccaneers team is, that even with the injuries, they're still probably going to smash the Panthers. And then B, I mean, what the hell are the Panthers doing? Sam Darnold designated to return. Apparently, Cam Newton will start, but Sam Darnold's going to mix in. Like it would, Matt Rule is pretty confident that Sam Darnold's getting snaps in this game. I, I don't actually even know what that means. Other than you will not be pl- do not play a Panthers quarterback this week. The, yes, I understand Cam Newton has some upside, but I mean Sam Darnold is he's probably the the better quarterback right now in terms of winning a game. Like sure, Cam Newton's the fantasy quarterback, but I I don't know what to make of this. I don't like the sound of this at all, and I think there's enough other options on the slate that you should just avoid the Panthers pretty much at all cost. I think the the only guys I'd consider on that team would be DJ Moore. You can consider him. Probably not going to play much of him. But I, I mentioned it last week. He ended up hitting pretty well. I liked Amir Abdullah last week. I like him again this week, especially on DraftKings. Just a very game script dependent type of running back. And against the Bills, what do you know? They were losing. Amir Abdullah, 15 fantasy points. He had four targets and caught a touchdown. And the same type of thing could happen here. He's 4,500 DraftKings. I think that is your that should be your primary run back rather than paying up for a DJ Moore who just has had it. He hasn't hit 20 fantasy points since week four. He's having a tough time out there. The quarterback situation is dreadful. Before I get into the stacks, I will mention that Antonio Brown, as we talked about earlier, he's chalk. As he should be. He's only 7,000 on FanDuel. Of course he's going to be chalk. 7,000 on FanDuel. No Evans, no Godwin. But it is just blatantly disrespectful. He is 4,900 on DraftKings. Crazy. That's I don't even crazy. know what they're doing. I'm going to have Antonio Brown in... Pro- I'm, a, I'm a high-volume DFS player. I make hundreds of lineups a week. Antonio Brown is probably going to be in half of them. Maybe more. I'm not exaggerating. Antonio Brown will be in all of my lineups. Like I cannot... You can't convince me that a 4,900 receiver that's as talented as he is, who's going to be getting 10 or more targets in this game, How do you not just cram him into your lineups? I think double stack falls in your lap. It's Brady, A.B., Gronk. You can have Rojo in there if you want and mix him in. I think he is going to soak up quite a few targets. Uh, Maybe you can mix in a Perriman or a Tyler Johnson or a Scott Miller who's now playing again. But I I think it's really hard to not just do Brady, A.B., Gronk. Because it could be a lower scoring week overall, I even think the triple stack is viable and that we just think, I mean, I think we both think the, the Buccaneers are going to put up a ton of points in this one. I think you can go Brady, Rojo, AB, and Gronk because Rojo's 5,100 on DraftKings, AB's 4,900. 
you can actually build what looks like a tournament winning lineup with a triple stack, even in large field, because you really the only super high game total on the slate would be that Rams Vikings game. So I think that's a, an interesting way, especially in small field tournaments, triple stack Brady. This next game, if you look at the line movement in Vegas, it looks like a heart rate monitor. Jets at home against Jaguars, over-unders 41.5. This line opened, Josh, Jets minus 1.5, then became Jaguars plus 1, then got down to Jets minus 3, then went to Jets plus a half, and has now settled at Jets minus 1.5. All over the place here. One of the biggest things on social media, Michael Carter, not the running back, is on the COVID list. Let's make that clear. James Robinson did not practice on Thursday. LaVisca Chenault just ruled out. All of us truthers, very sad, pouring one out for LaVisca Chenault. Jags, Jets, just two disasters of teams, but there's always value somewhere. Where can we find it? So uh, one more note is Crowder is not going to play. He hasn't practiced Oof. calf injury. I mean, it's not like you were, you were, no, any of us were really planning to stack Jets. Really don't plan to stack Jets. I think this boosts Michael Carter. Someone's going to have to get targets. These receivers are not going to be getting open. So I think Carter could very well soak up six to eight targets in this one just because where else is Wilson going to throw it? On the Jaguar side, Treadwell just kind of a, a volume play. I mean, this team just one touchdown pass in the past seven games. It's getting comical, actually, at this point, just how dreadful the pass attack is. So I think Treadwell, just a pure volume play at 3,500 on DraftKings. I think James Robinson, a good play on both platforms. 5,900 DraftKings, 8,200 FanDuel. He's expensive on FanDuel. I don't think anyone's going to play him. But there's just not a lot of like elite running back options this week. And James Robinson is one of the few guys that looks like he could be a difference maker. But... Again, prefer him on DraftKings, a lot cheaper there. And then uh, I don't know if it's going to be James O'Shaughnessy or Dan Arnold. Yeah, big question. Whoever starts this week, I will He's play. get a ton of targets. I will yep, play nice. them on DraftKings because they're going to get targets. But overall, just another one of these games where I'm like, I don't want that much exposure. But those are the guys I'd consider from this game. Mike, before we move on, what where'd you put your money? Like, what, 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 uh, where on the on the the heart rate monitor curve did you say I want uh, J- the Jags or the Jets? I took the Jets. I waited till it got down to about one earlier in the week. The only reason to play the Jaguars in this game is because they seem to be the healthier team. That that's the argument. But Jets at home have played well for Salah. I know they're shorthanded, but they did beat the Bengals. They did beat the Titans at home. I have no interest. I can't rationalize a motivated Jaguars team. Jets didn't look terrible last week on the road against Miami. I took the Jets, but it's a hold your nose spot. The only thing attractive about this next game is that it's in a dome. Atlanta favored now by six and a half over Detroit. The line has risen because Jared Goff appears out, which means we're getting Tim Boyle. DeAndre Swift looks like he's going to return. Amara St. Brown has been hot. Josh Reynolds is questionable this week. Atlanta home. Atlanta somehow, they are so bad in terms. They remind me of the Bengals a lot, Josh. With DVOA, they are just not good statistically, but they are winning games. I think their projected wins, if everything, if they had a normal strength of schedule per football outsiders, is like 2.9 this year, but they are 6 and 8. They're hanging in the playoff spot. Detroit rallying looked great against Arizona last week here. Over unders 42.5. Atlanta favored by 6.5. Where are you going? 
I'm not doing a whole lot with this game. Going to play some Swift. I think that's really the only Detroit guy that I can get excited about. If Swift returns, very kind of price prohibitive almost on FanDuel at 7,800 in a Tim Boyle-led offense. But as purely a volume play who's going to get the targets, 6,300 on DraftKings, I can handle that in my running back slot. So if Swift is active, I will play him on DraftKings. Amon Ross St. Brown's a tough one. So the thesis behind why I played so much Amon Ra the past couple weeks was no Swift, no Hawkinson, and Jared Goff can just get it there within a few yards of the line of scrimmage. Tim Boyle is, he's, he's pretty bad. So I understand the Falcons are a much better matchup than Cleveland, where when Boyle filled in for Goff against Cleveland, 15 of 23 passes completed for 77 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, dreadful. So I think Amon Ra, he's a fine play if you want to go for that mid-price receiver. But now that Goff is out, I am just not excited. On the Falcons' end, Detroit actually has not been the best team to target for your passer and pass catchers. That They've been more of one of those teams where you just run all over them. Looks like a Cordial Patterson game who's getting the, the mass bulk of the carries at this point. So I like Patterson a lot. I think Gage or Pitts are okay in lineups, but... Not playing a whole lot of Matt Ryan. So I think the the way to play this would be Swift Patterson. If you want to go double running back and hope they get some targets, you could go uh, Swift Gage, Swift Pitts, maybe Amon Ra instead of Swift, but not a game I'm all that interested in. How much do we love Austin Eckler? Goes out here on social media, encouraging everyone to pick up Justin Jackson. So hopefully that's not misleading, but we love NFL players. Podfathers interviewed him multiple times who embrace fantasy football and DFS. Chargers on the road, favored by 10.5 at Houston. Over-under is 46 points. Keenan, Mike Williams ready to go. Looks like it's going to be Jackson. Every week is Justin Herbert week. That's a quote from Dr. Larkey himself. On the other side, Houston, good luck. Looks like no Brandon Cooks because of COVID. Josh, stacking thoughts? Yeah, it's very simple. I like Herbert Allen Cook, Herbert Williams Cook, Herbert Justin Jackson Keenan Allen, and Herbert Justin Jackson Mike Williams. There we go. Let's keep it simple. We don't need to reach too deeply. I think that if, obviously, Justin Jackson, the big beneficiary, I think if there was another player to benefit, it's probably Keenan Allen, who could get a couple extra targets with Austin Eckler out. But overall, I don't think you want to overthink it too much. We're going to be playing Justin Herbert. I know Houston is actually a decent pass defense, but Justin Herbert is a top five real-life quarterback. I think people are finally starting to realize that he was the leading Pro Bowl vote-getter for the AFC. That was fun to see. On the Houston end, Brandon Cooks, COVID, David Johnson likely out. What are we going to do? Nico Collins becoming chalk, so I don't even like him as much as a run back anymore because I don't like these chalk, cheap receivers. Uh, I think the, the one sneaky guy, Brevin Jordan, he's the, the basically he, he is the minimum price on DraftKings, nearly the minimum on FanDuel. He was active and didn't play last week. They just sat him, but he wasn't practicing due to a hand injury. He had been commanding targets and snaps before that. He's fully healthy this week. I believe he will end up being their starting tight end. And I like the idea of him getting some type of volume. So I think he might even be my preferred run back to Collins. However, I'm probably not running it back. I think I'm just double stacking Herbert and then I'll just uh, game stack without the quarterback for another one of the, the games earlier that we like. 
Next game up, we can characterize as the Drew Locke effect. Drew Locke is in here. Denver and the Raiders at Vegas is a pick right now. Over-under is 41 points. Listen, the offense did open up a little bit when Locke went in that game last week. They took some shots downfield, sometimes not successful, but they certainly have different offensive play-calling ideas with Locke in the game. Broncos, Raiders, where are you going? I'm not going to go many places with this one. (laughs) I mean, we're at the bottom of the barrel of these matchups. We've already gone through the good ones. This is a... This just looks like your classic kind of gross divisional grinded out kind of game. Josh Jacobs is playable. He has a very nice role. Hunter Renfro, he's getting very, very expensive, especially against a good Denver pass defense. 6,800 DraftKings, 7,100 FanDuel. Foster Moreau still pretty inexpensive, even though he came alive with nine targets, seven catches, 65 yards this past week. Actually put on a Darren Waller type performance. I think the one guy who might be back from the grave, if anyone is, with Drew Locke, maybe it's Cortland Sutton. He actually had some air yards with Teddy before he went out with the concussion, but especially Drew Locke was taking, he took multiple shots at the end of the game towards Cortland Sutton. Sutton finished the game with seven targets and 119 air yards. It was two catches for 12 yards. It's kind of the season Sutton's been having, but I think you can actually put him in a lineup when he's 4,200 on DraftKings, 5,400 FanDuel. Sutton, I still believe there is. It's probably not going to happen the rest of the year, but like, I think there's a 20 fantasy point game buried in there somewhere. And you don't see that a lot from someone who's priced that inexpensive on both platforms. So you're allowed to play Sutton. I'll probably play a little Sutton. Going to play some Jacobs, a little Moreau. That's about it. Renfro, expensive. Javante Melvin Gordon, the grossest timeshare that's ever happened and that's about it last game here and it's a biggie pittsburgh at kansas city kansas city favored by eight and a half over under is 45 so many thoughts here because of unknowns josh tyree kill travis kelsey i guess my two major questions that i've gotten on twitter number one what can we expect from Najee harris if you have him you are playing him he is getting volume we know that but he is not produced he's had a little bit of variation in his results and the second one please tell me if there's no Tyreek, and especially if there's no Travis Kelsey, it is Byron Pringle week. Yeah, so I think with Najee Harris, he got 100% of the running back touches this past week. We can't overthink it. Volume's very important. If you're going to pay up for a running back, he's 7,400 DraftKings, 8,400 FanDuel. I think he's an okay play on both. I will not be fading him fully. Not excited to play him necessarily, but it's just really hard when you can just bank 20 to 25 touches from this guy knowing that a lot of it's in the passing game. On the Chiefs' end, I really like Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week. He's kind of mid-priced on both platforms. The Steelers have been a really, really bad run defense this year. I think that bodes really well for Edwards-Alaire, who's kind of had the grinder two-down back role completely locked up. Yes, Byron Pringle looks like the best candidate to get some type of volume. Man, it is... I mean, Meikle Hardman, we already know that even when they've force-fed Meikle Hardman volume, he hasn't produced. It's why Meikle Hardman's been running fewer routes than Pringle, Demarcus Robinson. I think I would lean Pringle, 3,300 DraftKings, 5,200 FanDuel. But I'm not super excited about this game in general. That's why I put it at the bottom. Is No, it's not my least favorite game, but it's just kind of like, this is what the COVID week has done to us. 
is that we can't even get that excited about Steelers Chiefs. So get excited about a little Pringle. Get excited about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're always playing Deontay Johnson in some lineups because of the target share. You're going to play some Najee Harris, but man, oh man, this is what week 16 has come to. This Steelers-Kansas City game, I believe to be just the epitome of week 16. My goodness. Sprinkle in a little Byron Pringle. Dan Arnold versus James O'Shaughnessy. Nothing summarizes a COVID-affected week 16 better than those two things. Man, oh man, this is what week 16 has come to. This Steelers-Kansas City game, I believe to be just the epitome of week 16. My goodness. One man's challenge is another man's, you know, uh, success. And, you know, Josh Larkey is the man to guide you to the cash. You're telling me I'm playing Isaiah McKenzie over KJ Osborne and Scott Fishbowl? Is that what you're telling me? I might be telling you that, yeah. And then I think like the only other QB I want to play is like it'd be Herbert, like maybe Russ. So you're telling me I'm playing Isaiah McKenzie over KJ Osborne and Scott Fishbowl? Is that what you're telling me? I. Might be telling you that, yeah. And then I think like the only other QB I want to play is like it'd be Herbert, like maybe Russ. I know nothing about him other than he's not very good and he's slow. 